Hello, damn, damn. Welcome back to the damn, damn show. What's up? We're gonna be talking about super horror stories and American horror stories oh, with spoilers. Oh Jesus! No. Listen, motherfucker. Let me have my goddamn red tights. I'm on my red tights. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so first. Okay. Go. Okay, go ahead. No, so okay, so go oh, on. Fuck, Tell me some of your your uber horror stories. Okay, so um, I really only have like two. Girl, I only got one. No, lace first. Stay, stay, stay on me first. Don't give me waste, my shit. Okay, fine. So, mine happened when I was working at the theater. Years ago, <laughs> my driver. Block <coughs> me. Sorry. <coughs> no, seriously. <coughs> okay, sorry. My driver was really, really perverted. Like he was making comments about Harley Quinn's boobs. Yeah, and it made me really un- uncomfortable. Let's be honest. Harley Quinn, a whole ass milk. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. No. You can't go on and on. Ooh, those melons. I'm like thinking, okay, Grandpa. Okay, Ann. Yeah, he was a straight man. He was a man. Of course, you're not attractive, ladies. Uh, so go on. Your turn. Um, this was around the time when I first started using Uber. And what happened was I stupidly uh, got into an Uber. And the dude right away, before I could even get my seatbelt on, Lock the door and just fucking floored it and started talking about fucking whatever. And I was like terrified right away. Like, dude, dead ass just starts this shit. And I'm like waiting for him to like stop speaking so I could tell him to please slow down and let me put on my seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And as, and once, once I finally do. He just gives me like the dirtiest look and then he like slows down long enough for me to put on my seatbelt. But then he starts asking me, he's like, you have a boyfriend? Are, are you single? Are you looking for a marriage? And I'm like, uh... What the fuck? Dude, not appropriate. And he does, he's not fucking getting it. So he keeps asking me. And I'm like, I'm not interested, bro. Leave me alone. Yeah. And he just, and he keeps on doing this shit. And then at one point, he starts going, you're a very pretty lady. And then he keeps reaching his arm back to try and touch my knee. And I keep trying to pull my knee back to get away from him. But this dude is, like, just going full hardcore. And half the time, I'm like, there has got to be a camera. Like, this dude is so, like, cartoony with his actions. Uh There's no way in hell there isn't a fucking camera. Yeah. Like, I thought I was on a prank show or something. I thought he was, like, like acting it up. Yeah. But no, this dude was all over me, and he was genuine. And he kept asking me, like, oh, what high school are you in? And I'm like, if you think I'm in high school, why are you asking me if I want to get married? Oh, my God. Pedo. What the fuck? That's some predator bullshit. Yeah, it's giving pedo, it's giving Trump, it's giving sus. Like, Wow. And so he's like all over me and he keeps asking me this stupid shit and it's really pissing me off. And finally I just let yell at him. I'm like, pull over. I want to get out. 
And he's like, no, 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 you give me five stars. And I was like, let me get out of the fucking car and I'll give you whatever the fuck you want. Knowing damn well the second he pulls over or even slows down, I'm fucking jumping and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just book it into the fucking woods. I don't care. Like, I genuinely thought this dude was gonna wait, John Wayne Gacy my ass. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And after, and after Wannabe Dahmer finally starts slowing down and realizes that, like, I'm on the verge of crying. Mm-hmm. He finally goes, oh, no, 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 pretty lady, nice lady. And I was like, the fuck? What? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You were having, you spoke perfectly decent English earlier. Like, and now you're, like, doing the whole broken English shit. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't try to pull the whole, like, oh, it's a cultural bull- bullshit. No, 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 no. I may be a white chick, but I ain't stupid white chick, okay? Like, don't don't try to pull the whole, like, oh, I'm a racist bullshit. No. You're being fucking creepy as hell. <laughs> and then I got real mad, and I was like, if you don't pull over, I'm going to call the police. And he was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm, no, no, no. And I was like, I, fuck that. I immediately started calling 911. And as soon, and I had it on speaker so he could hear me. And as soon as they picked up and they said, 911, what's your emergency? He immediately just hit the fucking brakes and almost made me break my face on the back seat. Oh, shit. On the back of the car seat in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that shit fucking hurt. If you ever had the seatbelt, like, suddenly jolt on you, that shit fucking hurts. And it'll leave a burn on you, too. Yeah. Um... But, like, as soon as he did that, because I, because I ended up, like, hitting the, hitting the phone with my chest, mm-hmm. I hung up immediately. So I ended up hanging up immediately, and before I could dial back, he goes, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, are you gonna let me get out of the car? And he goes, uh, well, we're almost to your, to your, uh, drop-off. And I was like, oh, so now you suddenly have full grasp of the punctuation and grammar. No, fuck you. Let me out of the car. And he goes, please, please. And I stupidly let him talk me into it. I ended up riding the whole way. And the second I got my bag out of the car, I didn't even bother with closing the door because I just wanted to fucking take, like, fuck it. Yeah. I dove inside of the restaurant and immediately ran into the bathroom and hid hid in a stall, like, locked my shit. Yeah. Um, knocked over a few of the waitresses, but thankfully because they know me, because it's a restaurant my dad used, my dad frequents, um, and I visit him often, uh, because a lot of the waitresses recognized me, they knew, like, I wasn't just some random asshole. And so when I finally came out of the bathroom, I was like, did my Uber driver guy, like, disappear? Like, is he gone? And they were just like, yeah, what happened? I was like, guys, you're not gonna believe what the fuck just happened. And after I explained, they were just like, yeah, no, I'm not even mad that you knocked me over. I'm totally fine. Are you okay? I ended up reporting his ass to Uber the best I can because everything's fucking automated. Yeah. And they didn't do shit. That's not They just gave me a refund. And it was like a, and it, and it wasn't even like that expensive of a, of, of a, a fucking Uber. trip. It was like a, what, maybe five bucks, ten bucks? Damn. 
Like, it was a short-ass trip. Which is why I was fucking terrified and I didn't have a problem with, like, being stranded in the middle of, quote, nowhere. Yeah. It's like, dude, I can fucking walk to my distance at this point. You've already driven me halfway, but I just want to get the fuck out of your car. That's crazy. But, yeah, that, that was my Uber story. You forgot about the other one. Oh, the other one was just recent, and it was pretty much the exact same thing. Um, except instead of hitting on me, he kept asking me super personal questions. Like, oh, how many kids do you have? What re- What is your religion? What the fuck? Who do you want to vote for? And I'm like, dude, no. No, stop. Stop. Stop the conversation. No. That's not appropriate. No. And, um, oh, and also, he fucking lead-footed it before I even closed the door. My foot was dead-ass still on the road when he started driving off, and the door hit me on my shin. Oh, shit. Like, I almost had a big-ass hairline fracture. Oh, fuck. Because the way, because like I dead ass, I right as the right as the car started moving, I happened to catch the the eyesight with like the speedometer. Dude, dead ass jumped to twenty. Why? I don't know. He was a fucking asshole, but I immediately go whoa whoa whoa, and he's like, oh 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 oh, not oh sorry, just oh oh oh, and he goes. Close the door. What? Dude, you almost crushed me, dude. And now you want to and now you want to yell at me? Fuck you. But I stupidly just ignored it because I was in a rush to go to work. And dude is swerving and jumping lanes. He does not even touch his blinkers. He doesn't even look sideways. He just immediately jumps around. And as someone who has a, has PTSD from car accidents, that shit fucks with you. It's not fun. Like, I get heartburn after every time I get, like, triggered. And that shit burns. It's not fucking funny. And what happens is that because of the heartburn, it ends up triggering my gag reflex, which makes me want to throw up. Which makes, which triggers my eating disorder, which makes me want to go back and just slip back into anorexia. Sure. Which is crazy. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, let me let's do the red tide shit. Yeah. Because then I gotta go home. I kind of already figured that. So American Horror Story Red Tide, you saw it, right? Yeah. You know the premise, right? I thought it was stupid. Yeah. You watched the whole the whole bit? I watched half. I lost interest. What oh. episode did you get up to? Because it only has five episodes. Girl, I think I got up to episode three. Okay. So you understand how the pills work. Yeah. By the way, spoilers for American Horror Story Red Tide. Yeah. And potentially uh, whatever the other fucking alien shit is. Um, American Horror Story Red Tide. Do you genuinely believe you are gifted? Yeah. Would you be willing to take the pills? Hell no. Why? Because I, I wouldn't want to fucking chance that shit. So, you, so you're not secure in your talents? Well, then... It's a tie. 
A part of me is like, yeah, but then another part of me is, I don't know. So, I'm positive that I have talent somewhere. Uh-huh. The thing is that I don't know what that talent is. Yeah. So, if it's not an artistic talent, I don't know what I'm going to become specialized in. That's true. Because I don't think I would become a pale person. <laughs> I think I think I think I would be um or I've been calling them uh I've been calling I've been calling them grudgers yeah. or grudges mm-hmm. because that's what they are. They become the embodiment of grudgers or or people who hold grudges. I still I still thought it was funny what Sarah Paulus's character said about the balls. Munching your balls. Oh the munch on your balls. <laughs> Okay, but as some as people who grew up with Macaulay Culkin from when he was a kid to his chunky face yeah. to his recovery face, it's now yeah. seeing him play a junkie, but seeing how he used to, but knowing how he used to look when he was actually a junkie yeah. versus when he was playing one and it's like in his recovery phase. Yeah, I am so proud. To see that he does not make a passable junkie. Yeah. He has some of the damage that happens to you from the drugs. Yeah. But he has a healthy body weight. Yeah, he's a little on the slim side, but he's also a little on the thick side for a junkie. But the makeup that they put on him is made to make is supposed to make him look like a late stage. Yeah. When by his body weight, it's very obvious. At the very least, he would have been like a newbie, like tiptoe. Yeah. So to see him with such a healthy body weight mm-hmm. and to see that so obviously contrasting with the makeup effects. Yeah. It is such a relief to know that the reason why he doesn't make a passable junkie anymore is because he's in recovery. Yeah. I don't know. I just like I said. And it makes me so proud of him because I understand addiction. I mean, like I said, I like I like lost interest in it, but especially with the other half, the alien part of the name, I'm good. Yeah, the alien, alien shit. They, like, they, they should have left it at Asylum. Like, they had it. Leave it alone. You're killing it now. And, um, and then there was also fucking what oh i think that i would take the pill actually you know what i would take the pill my biggest concern is just what would my talent be in you know what's crazy that and also becoming a narcissist i'd be terrified about the other thing i really hate about that season was that little girl fucking hated her she's supposed to be she's supposed to be a prediction uh a foreshadowing of what will happen to musers Oh, fuck, that reminds me. That reminds me. I deadass wrote a spin-off idea. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. <clears throat> Continuing off American Horror Story Red Tide Vampire Pill arc, five years after the chemist and Alma have moved to L.A. So, for starters, Alma would be essentially the musical Hannibal Lecter and the poster child for Muse. Mm-hmm. That's the name that they settled on for uh, the pill. And the chemist would be basically the godfather for the attention-hungry, people who become the grudgers, mm-hmm. and dreamers, people who end up successfully extending their talents on the pill. Yeah. So the vampires. 
Um, a second society would have formed alongside the public, and they would be dubbed the Musers, because it's a name for users. Yeah. And who use news. Uh-huh. And Musers. Yeah. Um, feeding locations will become established a la speakeasies in the 20s. Musers can socialize and feed openly in specifically designed locations. So, basically, for those of you who don't know me, when it comes to vampires or anything remotely close to vampires, I fucking love that shit. I don't know why vampires are my all-time favorite movie monster. I don't know why I fucking love that idea. Um, maybe there's some kind of metaphorical poetry in that. But, anyway... The, uh, so in the 1920s, when Prohibition was, like, really big, Mm -hmm. um, they ended up creating an almost second society that was secret. Yeah. And so, if you were a drinker, then you had to figure out, like, certain locations that had speakeasies versus places that, um, you couldn't even ask if they had a speakeasy. Mm -hmm. You had to figure out the codes. You had to understand, like, oh, okay, so this is the time that the cops cycle through. Like, that kind of shit. You have, it's the same thing with stoners. In the 20s, there was a, there was a, there was the drinkers, and now there are the stoners. And this, in this arc, in the Red Tide arc, it's the musers. Um... And, uh, New Warm Blood, which, if you watch the movie, you understand, or if you watch the show, you understand the purpose of New Warm Blood. New Warm Blood is sold in black market auctions and deep web, and deep web dealings. In other words, if you're able to come across someone who is not part of the deep web or the, or the uh, black market, uh-huh. um, and who's dealing uh-huh. New Warm Blood... Uh-huh then it's probably because they have connections with the medical industry directly. Yeah. Um, in the show, for those who... Because you didn't watch the endings, you never knew... You never learned about the newborns. So, newborn blood uh-huh. is as good as taking the pill. Uh-huh. So, you take the pill, uh-huh. you get that rush, or you, or you get that hunger... Um, depending on which is whichever strikes first, mm-hmm. um, you get you take the pill, you get that first rush, or you uh, get or you get that hunger. Mm-hmm. You feed or you write, and then you do the opposite of that, which is feed or write. Um, and then also, depending on the type of blood you drink, mm-hmm. that affects uh, how you are able to function. Yeah. That's how you're able to draw your inspiration. So, if you feed off of a junkie, then it makes them, um, then it can make you, like, jittery and have the same, and have the similar effects as the drugs they were on. If you feed off of a drunk, then you're gonna end up getting drunk. If you feed off of a newborn, then it's basically the same thing as just mainlining cocaine. Like, it's just, like, pure shit, and you come up with your best work possible yeah so new but the problem is that babies barely have a few pints of blood in them and that kind of fucking kills them and killing a baby kind of beats purpose because the whole reason of the users is to the whole entire purpose 
of extending your population is to secure the future of your population yeah. to make sure that there's more of you alive in the future. Yeah. Like that's the whole purpose. Yeah. So killing a baby is kind of like no no bueno. Um a new method of blood supply has just in, has just been introduced. So about 5 years down the road after after red tide has taken place and the chemists in Alma have taken over LA and the chemist has finally like created like a big market for the black pill from Muse. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a new method of blood supply that has been introduced. Think the 16th floor. So, for those of you who have not seen the 16th floor, basically the idea is, again, spoilers for the 16th floor. Um, there is a bunch of girls I don't know why it's just girls, but for some reason it's girls only, um, who are raised from infancy up until their 16th year, who are never allowed outside and are, and who are taught and groomed to always have a very pure mindset, to always practice perfect hygiene and to have flawless complexions and skin. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed that they are being farmed for their flesh. So after they have reached 16 or the 16th floor, because every year they get moved up a floor, um, after they have reached 16, they are uh, fed sleeping potions or sleeping tonics um, that uh, knock them out. And then they are interviewed or reviewed by wealthy customers who are looking for fresh young skin for skin transplants in order to make themselves look younger and to live longer. It's an immortality gig. Um, so with the blood supply, keep, keep with me. Trust me. It sounds really fucked up, but trust me, trust me. I thought this through. A new method of blood supply has been introduced. Think the 16th floor. Kids from the foster system are illegally given to a farm disguised as a school. And I'm not saying that I support that I support any of this. I'm just saying this is like a logical process that would occur for American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, kids from the foster system or adoption system are illegally given to a farm disguised as a school, where their physical well-being is top priority. No, not their emotional or mental. You see, they are being raised to be long-term food supply for the musers. By the time of adulthood, they would have been trained to be loyal and obedient, yes, in that creepy way, to their future feeder and to maintain their physique at all times. In other words, they must always look sexually pleasing, but also be tastefully pleasing. Um, what was I saying? Um, it is a horrific development, but far more humane than what was in the first years of Muse's arrival on the scene. At least this way, Musers, regular Musers, only feed on 10 people a year instead of hundreds and recklessly. The market, the nickname the Musers would give for the blood farm, is the barely humane solution to keeping violence and attacks to a minimum. 
but the chemist is pushing for a fully compassionate solution. Now, just as the info has been established, the chemist receives contact from her superiors, the U.S. government. Now that she has established how to tap into the creative mind, it is time for the next phase, shutting it down forever. Now, oh, come here. Go on. Now, here's the next phase. Or, or here, here's the uh, third story, because American Horror Story always has like three interwoven stories interacting. Now the chemist is torn between keeping her empire or going against the government. Meanwhile, there is a rise of attacks on musers. Oh, shit. Musers will get kidnapped and their right hemisphere is damaged in some form or fashion before they are abandoned but left alive most times. So the idea is that as the musers start to rise, people who reject the pill or, uh, or grudgers, as I as I call them, uh, start to target known musers or people who are on the rise of musers. So to tie into uh, Red Tide's official canon show, mm-hmm. the chemist explains to a explains to Mickey that if she cl- that your creative side comes from your right hemisphere, mm-hmm. so people who have a denser part of that brain are usually more creative. And so if she and she said she doesn't care if you're Bill fucking Shakespeare. And for those of you who try to be like, oh she said it wrong, Bill or Billy is the official nickname for William. So she did correctly call him William Shakespeare. She just said the other official term. Cause I know there'd be some of y'all doing that. Um, she does not care if you're a Bill fucking Shakespeare. If she clocks you hard enough in the right side of your hemisphere, Mm -hmm. you can never write again. It doesn't matter how many pills you pop, you will never create another thing again. That means writing or artwork. So, which ties back into my, into my thing. I'm I'm positive that I'm capable of being a muser, but something that I always find an issue with is so here's what it is. In the show, they say that um, I can't remember his character's name, but Evan Peters and the chick who plays Belle Noir. I can't remember her name, but she is the guild. Um, he says that the average body has about 9 to 12 pints of blood in them. Uh-huh. And that he and Bell split that. So that would be about four and a half to six. Yeah. So you can donate a pint of blood and, re- and replenish that in a day. Yeah. But if you give yourself a week to replenish that, you're not going to have any adverse re- effects. In fact, you could even you know, extend it to once a month and you won't really have that issue. Yeah. The reason why blood donations insist on it being every couple of months is for safety reasons. Yeah. In case that someone ends up being a slow replenisher of their blood and they get sick, they could end up suing the company. 
Um, it's all about saving their ass. It's never about your safety. So, um, the reason why the chemist would come up with the farm, the school, the market, whatever you want to call it, um, is because if you train folks to essentially become these, uh, willing and complacent, uh, food supplies, Mm -hmm. all they would have to do is donate a pint of blood once a week, depending on how many, uh, how many feeders there are, mm-hmm. how many, how many, how many feed supply there are. Um, you could have seven to have it one pint a week, or you could have it be one pint a month where you have 30. Um, and that would also end up being a big thing because with the musers, you have an increase in your arrogance and your narcissism. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you have a bunch of narcissists in the room together? They start to compete on who's the biggest one. So what would be a status when money and power and influence mean nothing? When everyone is equal? You know what it is? Food supply. Because that becomes your currency. So then Mm -hmm. you end up with back alley markets of trading uh, your food supplies? Yeah, it's about to... It's oh, about to okay, yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, guys, thank you all for listening. Any last words, Taylor? Uh, if you want to do another episode, we can record it. Okay, alright. Y'all, we're about to do a part two finishing up this episode. Yeah, it's gonna be real short, though. <laughs>